the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement any way I can. Kicking and screaming, so to speak, if I have to. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Stocks hit an all-time high on a tweet from Trump saying the U.S. is very close to a China trade deal. There is a line in the sand that has probably been more prominent than the previous tweets, but it's the December 15 tariff deadline when they start kicking in a little bit higher. So we'll see. Maybe by the end of this week, maybe by Monday, we'll have an idea um, and to see if we deserved it. Drug prices and health care are wild cards in the 2020 election. We should talk a little bit more about this. Politicians want votes. That's a very simple thing to say. And politicians historically have been able to say almost anything to get elected. If you were to go back on campaign promises not delivered, I would bet it's 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 bigger than 50%. Um, but if you're going to say, let's do gun reform to protect our children in schools, it seems to never get done. But it's an easy way to get moms to vote for you, right? If you're going to say, let's make health care free for all, that's pretty good for people who don't have health care. They may vote for you. And seniors who their biggest expense is health care. Maybe not, depending on where they live, but that's the idea. So it's going to be an interesting 2020. Right now, looking at 2019, the market's had a good year. That leaves me scratching my head. Where can it go from here? Typically, if growth did well, you'd instantly say, well, maybe value will have a turn. That's not exactly rocket science. Then you look at the S&P 500 sectors. Some of them you may just want to throw away. Utilities, I don't know. I'm, I'm not speaking for the masses here. I'm just, I'm just saying, okay, you, you want retail, you get it. You want tech, you get it. You want finance, you get it. But there may be something that you're like, I just don't want. Utilities. We're mo- and in your head it could be, my uncle works at a fusion factory, and they're going to be selling free energy for free. Maybe you have that theory and you don't want it. I get it. But one sector that has underperformed in 2019 because it's expected to be attacked aggressively in 2020 is healthcare. I break healthcare down into at least four sectors. Big pharmaceutical companies. Then you get into the HMOs and the companies that provide those healthcare providers. Then you get into the hospitals, and then you get into the biotech, and you could probably throw in medical devices. So you can see that it starts to add up. 
I like medical devices. I like the idea that America gets older and older. I'm sad to say that, you know, turning 50, I just see more and more people with cancer. Not, not like I've got eyeballs that can see cancer, but I have friends and family who continue to suffer. I, healthcare's not going to go away. As I've grown older, I'm like, oh boy, I wonder how much longer my, my knees are going to last. I played soccer and I was a distance runner. That is not a good combination on your knees. And now that I know what I know, how many times do you think you jumped off a playground structure when you were eight, landed a little hard on your knees, and you're like, you got right back up and ran with it, but there was some damage done and you didn't even know it? So as we're aging, you, have, you can make an argument for health care. Have you ever gone to the doctor and he gives you the bill and you're like, oh, I'm surprised it was that little? No. Maybe if it was like a tooth cleaning or something like that. But if you go to a doctor, you typically get the bill and you're like, whoa, how much did they charge me for a Band-Aid? And it's literally a Band-Aid out of a box of Band-Aids. And you're like, $20? Whoa, I want to buy, I want to sell those Band-Aids to the hospital. You have to make a case. You have to make a case for health care. Now let's keep talking about that. This and that. It's like this and like that and like this and like that and like this. Hey, ho. Um, my speakers are coming on. I guess got a new computer at work and it's driving me batty. Art Hogan is a market strategist. I'm not a market strategist. I'm a financial media guy who's been in the industry for a long time. And I'll give you my opinions and second opinion, so to speak. But Art Hogan seeing another year of double-digit gains in 2020. So this time of year, we start making a case. You see Morgan Stanley said 6%. You see gains in 2020. You see Art Hogan says double digits, even though it's up 25% this year. So I'm going to put him on my chart as I start building a case. This is a hypothetical chart, but you get the idea. He thinks we can do better if things go right. He says, what's different this year is I think the drivers are going to be not momentum names and not the defensive names. That was the approach we took in 2019. With the Federal Reserve putting monetary policy on hold with China and U.S. seemingly close, it could take off some of the question marks. He says, we're seeing the momentum side sell off. I think it's a health thing. I think we're seeing people start to look at financials. I think that's really important. I think healthcare is going to do well in 2020, but it's going to be healthcare away from the facilities and the insurance companies. He thinks biotechs and medical tech is going to be the way to go. And his, so let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying he sees three things, not necessarily the growth in defense that worked in 2019. He sees healthcare, particularly biotech and medical tech, uh, medical technologies that go inside your body. Medical techs that, you know, make the whole system more efficient. But biotechs, they don't have to earn money. They can have, come up with a new gene sequencing idea. They can come up with a new therapeutic approach to cancer. They can come up with, they don't even have to make money. They have to have the promise that one day a major pharmaceutical company could buy them, implement their, their technology, implement their IP, and, and move forward. The big boys, the Merck's, the Farmer, the Pfizer's, the Eli Lilly's, the, you know, the Shearing Paws, those kind of names, they need the small biotech companies to innovate product for them. 
and people like me, we don't care about the biotechs making money or not. We know that they're probably, most of them fail. But if you get the one that comes up with a cure for cancer, it's the holy grail of biotech. But Art Hogan's third concept, not healthcare, not banks and financials, but he thinks the Russell 2000, small caps. And there's a chart that shows you the last 100 years of Wall Street and what sectors were the biggest winners and what sectors were the biggest losers that year. And essentially, you'll see like oil, loser, 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 and then it, it suddenly it's the biggest winner for two years. So he's saying it's been three years since we've seen Russell 2000 be a big winner. He thinks small caps, their day is here. Every dog has his day, so to speak, on Wall Street. And uh, he thinks it'll be an outperformer. I really think he's on to a smart approach. Maybe the financials is a, is a question mark. But you got to look at their PEs compared to the S&P 500 and say, I get it. That's your 2020 look. Look into 2020. 2020 inside with 2020 of the year. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investing and more. Hopefully you got something out of that segment. I did. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Macy's is now the size is smaller than beyond me as far as market valuation, market cap goes. Macy's has had a terrible year. To me, it feels like kind of like a buffalo stampede over the side of a cliff. First goes Sears, then goes Kmart, then goes who's next, right? Macy's seems to be the next one going down as far as a, a dinosaur, so to speak. I get a feeling when we look back at the 90s and 2000s in social media, not in social media, but in, in like television and movies, sometimes we're going to Sarah Jessica Parker, she's 20 years old, she's like, I've got them all. And you're going to be like, what is that, a Macy's? Kids today won't understand it. Beyond Meat, a company that kind of came out of nowhere in 2019, now is worth more than Macy's. Macy's has been around since Cowboys. Since we were going west, young man. And uh, on a lot of levels, Macy's is kind of that clothing store, almost a rite of passage for young people. You're out of college, you need a jacket, you need a tie, you need a shirt. Your mom says you need shoes and socks and a pair of slacks. You can go to Nordstrom, you can go to Macy's. Where are you going to go? It's tough. You're kind of thinking this is the store inside the store concept is the only way that they can be saved. I go into a Macy's now, and first and foremost, my senses are attacked, and I don't even like it. I probably go into a Macy's once a year, and it's starting to become once every 14 months, once every 16 months. Macy's is a dinosaur. I completely expect to see a T-Rex on the third level. You know when you go into a Macy's, you're like, first level is men's clothing, second level, women's and perfume, third level, T-Rex. I don't like the balance sheet. There's really nothing that I like about Macy's. I'll leave it at that. Netflix is spiraling towards a recipe for disaster. 
Uh, watched the first episode of The Mandalorian last night, Star Wars Disney+. Plus. Verizon gives you a free year if you use Verizon. Worked like a charm. The episode, eh, not quite movie quality, but way better than what you see on ABC, NBC, CBS. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm just trying to get in the mood. You know, the Chris, no, the Star Wars mood, the Jedi mood. Netflix downgraded to a cell is interesting. Me watching Disney Plus is one of the reasons why. Analyst Lauren Martin. She says Netflix could lose as many as 4 million premium subscribers in 2020, mid-growing competition. Despite the company's recent success, basically its domination of the Golden Globes. Strong viewer numbers for Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. I think I'm the only male man over 35, under 65, who doesn't like mafia movies. Not my thing. I think I like zombie movies more than mafia movies. Like, what classification of movies embarrasses you more rom-coms if i were to tell you i am a sucker for a rom-com you'd be like oh no why don't you just stick with zombie so um and interesting i don't like uh, mafia movies seem a little too cliche always a finger or a pinky um so netflix has a 24 percent rally in september and october but it's starting to get downgrades. So it's had an interesting underperformance of a year compared to the market and compared to other tech giants. Is this the shift? Again, there's typically four ways of looking at a company. Maybe there's more now. But there's hyper growth, then there's growth, then there's growth in income, and then there's income. Income would be your old, your AT&T. You got customers, but you're not getting a lot of new ones. You're not losing a lot of old ones. So you're just going to say, eh, we're going to make... 20% profit margins, and we're going to share 6% of our profits with investors, or 4% or 2%. And then it moves up to, well, we got a little bit of growth, but we also make a lot of income. I would say a- Apple is a good example of that. Their stock is still growing, which is stunning, but at some point in time, it should become a growth and income play. They'll get spurts of growth in new product launches, but generally speaking, they'll pull out the rake and rake in the money for all the services that they're selling you. Elsewhere out that, um, Netflix shares are trading at a sky-high 93 times P.E. If there is a big market correction due to a recession, the idea would be that a recession, people would lose jobs, and they would start looking around at their discretionary spending. And they would say, out goes the high flyers. So the problem that I have with Netflix is you're basically paying a premium for a company that has a lot of debt that they're using to create content. So they're going to make a a big switch at some point in time from using debt to create content to using cash flow to create content and sharing that cash flow with investors with a dividend. We're not there yet. I'm not going to say it's going to happen in my lifetime, but it should. That's what we got. I could die today, right? heart attack on the air. I promise I'll die on TV or radio when I die. It's part of my contract. So I don't get paid if I don't deliver. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Mm, Weekly jobless claims race to more than a two-year high. That's a bit of an issue, right? 
One issue that people ask me about, first and foremost, the PepsiCo to debut Pepsi Cafe, a coffee cola drink next year. Man, I don't. When you see what McDonald's, no, not let's take McDonald's out of this. When you see what KFC does, when you see what Wendy's does, as far as we're going to come up with a spicy sriracha French fry, and we're going to come up with a cheesy spicy salsa French fry, we're going to come up with, and they, they keep getting more and more spices. It's more exotic, it's more flavor, it's more intensity. It's a way of marketing, of getting some viral things going. When you see KFC do a, a chicken burger, it's like, it's two fried pieces of chicken and like cheese and like there's no bun. It's just fried chicken bun. And like, you're like, that's extreme. So you kind of see that Pepsi has to come up with product too. I don't know about Pepsi Cafe. Coffee Cola? Ugh. We'll see. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I like to look at this show as your uncle, who's really good with money, and you get an hour or two with him at Christmas time to talk anything you want to talk about. And he's a fascinating uncle. He's been there, he's done it, he's seen it all. Then you also have the drunk uncle who gets a little bit drunk, a little bit too touchy-feely. You don't like that. He tries to kiss people on the lips, both male and female in your family. Like, too much, too much. Oh, and your breath smells of eggnog. 150 calories and a half a cup of eggnog. Just saying. Um, I like to consider myself that guy for you. Um... But also, I want to let you know, you know, who I am. If I'm your uncle, your financial uncle, I grew up playing video games. I, I grew up as a Generation Xer, i.e. I had no respect for my elders. I had no respect for Warren Buffett when I first got in this industry, and then I got humbled. Not in year one, two, three, or four, or five. I beat his butt in year one, two, three, four, and five in investing. But it's when things got tough how consistent he was, how he rarely made mistakes, how he looked for something very simple in a company and didn't get in over his head. Coca-Cola, how tough is it to analyze cases, costs? Don't need much more than that. And it's a high-margin item. So I've been humbled. I played video games growing up, and I, I think I have an edge over the people who are 60, 70, given financial advice. Um, I don't take myself terribly seriously. So I think I have an edge because I'm nimble. Call of Duty's out. Modern Warfare's new battle pass could drive some upside action for Activision. I've been telling you Activision is stock to own. It's up 20 plus percent this year. The reason it's uh, stock to own is that they've got some games that we like there's three major players i'm gonna i'm gonna say there's more than three major players but i'm gonna start with three let's go with the big historical ones electronic arts they dominate the sports franchises nhl hockey john madden football that's cute um they get some other games in there every now and then that become big hits 
But I would say mostly that they're kind of like your dad's video game company. Then there's Activision, which has a lot of original content like World of Warcraft and Call of Duty IP. There's Take-Two, which for some reason connects with people really, really well. Um, Or gamers. They have the Grand Theft Auto franchise. And they have the uh, Red Dead Redemption. I want to be a cowboy. If you haven't done this, go to twitch.com, Twitch TV, or go to YouTube and just take a look at what you're getting out of Red Dead Redemption as far as an experience of a cowboy. I'm not saying it's as good as, um, I don't know, it's a great Western TV show. But it does have some authenticity to it. It feels like it does. So one analyst is saying, hey, we really like Activision right now because they're getting ready to do, or they're doing what's called a battle pass. It costs $10 for two months of access to unlockable content like guns, outfits, and in-game currency. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, it's because they stole it from one of the up-and-comers in video games, Epic, and their Fortnite. So if you get new skins in Fortnite, which Fortnite has kind of an advantage because it's all cartoony. So they could literally come up with a character that looks like a Star Wars Stormtrooper, which they're doing right now. And for the record, Fortnite's got a big tie-in event with J.J. Abrams and Star Wars on Saturday. And they're going to see how many people they can get paying attention at 10 a.m. on Saturday to Battle Royale in Fortnite. And they're going to show us a Star Wars preview. That's good advertising. A, it, you're, you're being told it's going to happen. It's an appointment. And B, it's going to be in-game. So what is going to happen? Are some destroyers going to fly over during the game? Are some TIE fighters and X-wings going to whip through the, the area while you're watching the preview? How are they going to make it an event that doesn't last five minutes? So Epic is the one that people are copying. That's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Microsoft made a career out of it with their operating system. Their operating system was good, and some people would come up with some apps. Back in the day, they are called apps, and we would call them software. Um, so that people would come up with software, and Microsoft would say, wait, I remember one that just blew my mind. It was called Stacker. Stacker, hard drives used to be very expensive. Now they're very cheap, all things considered. Um, but Moore's Law kind of applies somehow to storage as well. It's smaller, cheaper, faster. And, you know, 10 megs, you know, would have set you back $400 at a point in time. So after you threw that money down, you, there was a software program you could buy for 30 bucks called Stacker, and it would turn your 10 megs into 20 megs. Ooh. And, and Microsoft goes, we like that. We're just going to build that into our operating system for free. Well, the operating system isn't free, but that application soon became it, right? So copying is the ultimate form of flattery, but there's also some legal issues. You've seen Facebook basically shut Snap down. Snap could have been sold to Facebook, but they said, no, we don't like the big evil empire that Facebook is. So Facebook says, okay, if you don't want to buy, then we're just going to copy what you do. And we're going to call it Facebook Stories. And they've done very, very, very well with it. And they've integrated it beautifully into Instagram. I'm not an Instagram guy, but I was playing around with it. I was like, whoa, this is way better than Snap. Um, I've got a cousin 
on Instagram. This is actually kind of funny. And please don't let this get down to L.A. (laughs) She's doing the Instagram stories and she's trying to become an influencer. And she's awful. She's six foot five. She's a big, tall woman. And you see some people who are like doing their influencing and uh, they're pulling it off beautifully. She's just awkward about it. It's almost like, and then you put makeup on in big, wide strokes. And it's like, ooh, that doesn't look good. No, no, you're doing it all wrong. So you're yelling at her while she's trying to influence you. Oh, boy. Uh, that's how. That's my experience with Instagram. But I do see with the effort, you know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, Alexa's kind of interesting. Yesterday we saw Amazon you know, sell some of their Echo Dots for basically free. Might as well be. Just trying to seed the environment. Um, a lot of these big tech companies, because their exposure with AI and getting into your home for almost no cost, whether it be companies like Facebook or Amazon, Google, Apple, there's going to be some outrage in the coming years about privacy issues. Um, Ten years ago, it would be shocking to think a human you know, isn't reviewing things that we're looking at on Facebook. Now the expectation is that machines are, are looking at the content. So things are changing pretty fast. 800-516-1220, and the government is going to have a field day with these guys, of which, for the record, I own all of those companies. Yes. Um, I do not own Amazon outright, but I own outright the other ones, and I do own Amazon and S&P 500 and tech funds and other funds that I don't even know that I own. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Dow jumps 300 points, hit record on the Trump tweet saying U.S. is very close to a China deal. Treasury yields jump after Trump says trade deal with China is getting very close. Everyone's responding to it. U.S. weekly claims total 203,000 versus 215,000, a highest number since September of 2017. People are getting laid off a little bit faster. But then again, we saw the jobs report last week. That was great. So that's not an issue. Travelers, the 737 MAX. That's going to be another interesting thing that somehow Southwest and American Airlines are going to have to deal with next year. When the 737 MAX does get approval, if it does get approval, and I've got a trip to you know um, Denver. Uh, I had a trip to Denver earlier this year, and it was scheduled for a 737 MAX, but it was pulled from service, so I got bumped to a different plane. But knowing that it was a 730 MAX, will I go... Yeah, I don't really want to fly on that for at least a year. Or will the first year be its safest year? Taser's in the news again. There's a company that makes tasers. And anytime you see something crazy with the police and brute force or aggressive force or deadly force in a situation that may not have had to have it, Taser stock always gets a jolt. <laughs> Get it a jolt. It always move, uh, It always gets a shock. Oh, no. It always moves up on the news. So the company that owns them is Axon Enterprise. 
And they also do body cameras, which was pretty interesting because the whole taser thing, they would sell their guns to the police, but then they would make them buy their, so let's say Chicago PD or San Jose PD. They'd sell the gun, but they'd make them buy the cartridges, which is a lot how GE made their business model of selling the Razor, but then making you buy the Razor blades and the refills. Do you see that some businesses just repeat other business models like Call of Duty, copy and Fortnite's not a bad thing? So Taser did the cartridges, and then ultimately they had to say, hey, we need to do uh, body cameras, too, because you know, that's right up our alley, and we can upsell it. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I used to be a distance runner. My ideal run was six miles. I never really liked going over 12. The beauty about six miles for me was it took a good hour. It didn't take a good hour. You planned it out like an hour. Um, You wanted to be somewhere in 10 minutes. You wanted to be somewhere in 20 minutes. You wanted to be somewhere at 30 minutes. You wanted to hit your mile post one, two, three, four. You knew that if you went too fast in the first mile, you were going to ruin it all. You would stretch your legs in the last mile if you could, saving that energy. Same thing with saving for retirement. It is a process. Best thing you can do while you're young and beautiful is earn income and save some. You should set a steady pace. You should keep going. Um, I've made some mistakes tied towards automation. For instance, one time I was at a company that we changed our payroll from maybe ADP to somebody else. Um, and that changed my deductions. That changed my tax deductions, but it also changed tax withholdings, but it also changed my uh, 401k. And that year I didn't put enough into my 401k. And I was like, oh, because I didn't check. First company was doing it right. I checked that. Second company, I assumed. You know what they say about assuming. So <clears throat> control your spending, establish a budget, and get consistent. That goal should be to spend less than you earn. Prioritize your savings so that you're saving something out of every paycheck. Anytime you get a raise, incorporate some of that, if not all of it, into your savings plans or your retirement plans. Try to increase from 10% of your paycheck to 11 to 12 to 13 to 14 to 15. And if you don't do it, you're going to get old and you're going to look back and say, oh, I wish I would have. I really didn't need that new PlayStation 5 in the first year. You know, the the TV that I got 10 years ago, uh, real nice TV, very nice TV, great TV. But I got it from a kid who basically, he was 25-ish, and when he got his paycheck, he went to Best Buy and got a kick-butt Sony PlayStation loaded entertainment system, speakers and everything. And when his dad figured out that he lost his job, he's like, you need to sell that right away, boy. And I'm like, I'll take it. Um, you got to kind of figure that out on a way of not spending too much when you're young 
and learning how to save in your whole lifetime. Start early, save regularly. That's a beautiful thing. A person who starts saving $400 a month at age 25 will have $1 million at age 65. I will repeat that. A person who starts saving $400 per month at age 25 will have $1 million at age 65. If you wait till 30, you have to have $580 a month to have $1 million at 65. And if you're foolish enough to wait all the way until you're 40, it's 1275 bucks per month. And that illustrates the power of time and success it has on your portfolios. I think it's important to keep an eye on your Social Security benefits. I do because, yes, the idea of getting an annual check or a monthly check it's kind of intriguing to me. You know, when I was young, I didn't realize I was paying into Social Security. I didn't know I was going to get something back. I, I, I saw it on my paychecks. I just didn't put two and two together. But it's good to go to SSA.gov and see what you're going to get at age 62, at age 65, at age 70. What you get if you're disabled, what your spouse gets, what your kids get. It just gives you this like mathematical in your head that you could start... You know, understanding, am I close to where I need to be? CFP Chad Burton doesn't even use, he doesn't, he, I, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I would imagine he says something like, blow up your access to SSA.gov because it may not be there. So he's trying to say, you need to save even more. And I get it. I would have made the deal with the government 20 years ago. They said, instead of us taking your SSA taxes, how about you do it on your own, but you get no Social Security at age 62? I would have been fascinating. I'll take that deal. Do it on my own, invest it on my own, have it be my own, versus maybe it's up for cuts in the future. Do it on my own, have it on my own, plan it on my own, to me is more attractive. But it's not the option. And if I want that option, I have to leave the country, Right? So I should maximize my retirement benefits through my employer. <laughs> That's a great piece of advice for how to get rich. Um, a lot of employers will match any sort of contribution that their employees have. If your employer matches a certain percentage dollar for dollar, that's 100% return on your investment. You invest a dollar, they say, we'll invest a dollar. If they go up to 3% or 5%, that's free money. It literally is growing on trees. You know, at one point in time, you remember the commercial for, uh, I guess it was spaghetti noodles, that spaghetti noodles grow on trees in Italy. <laughs> oh, we were so naive. And advertising was so wonderful back in the 70s and 80s. Oh, I wanted to plant, you know how people drop their cigarette butts in ashtrays? As a kid, I had an idea of planting the cigarette butts to see if they grow into cigarette trees. Guess what? They don't. I know you're saying, that's good sight, insight. Um, I wish I would have contributed more into my iris when I was in my 20s. I focused more on my 401ks and kind of got put my head down to a grindstone and, and really did well with my business. But I wish I would have done the iris because that would have given me even more flexibility in the future. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Start early. To be a millionaire at age 25, at age 60, all you need to do at age 25 is set aside $400 a month. Jumps to $580 if you wait five years. 
and it jumps up even more as you age. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 